Parlez-vous français? Well, I don't know, but Alabama did pick up some French today. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, two days in a row for commitments. Yesterday, it was William Sanders, who we've already talked about pretty much ad nauseum. So let's spend a lot of time today on 2025's Jamie French, the fourth rated, weighted, and rated wide receiver of this particular class. Uh, Pretty incredible haul right now for 2025 receivers with Ryan Williams and French. Things looking pretty dead gum good. That 2025 class is off to an incredible start. Uh, I don't I don't recall ever a time in the Saban era when this has happened when we've had five commitments already, uh, well more than way more than a year in advance. Uh, you know, you'd expect to have maybe five commitments for your class. You know, in in like March or April of 2025. And we're like nine months ahead of that pace. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if it's all held together, as we know, in this new world of NIL and just the new world of recruiting, which is partly why I think you have five already. Just the recruiting calendar has changed so much with all of the new rules. Uh, boy, great interview today. Uh, Joseph Hastings on BOL, my, my co-employee, uh, has a great in-person interview. Hastings uh, attended. Uh, Jamie French's commitment ceremony. So the the coverage is awesome. There's multiple stories, and again, the the interview, the live interview, is really good. Uh, what what a good kid. Reminds me of Devonte Smith. We'll get into the comps as a player, but just talking to Jamie French, it just looked like JoJo was uh, w- was interviewing uh, you know a, a, a junior in high school, Devonte Smith. That's how he kind of came across, but. In terms of the player Jamie French is, uh, Charles Power from On3 uh, has comped him to Calvin Ridley. I did the same before I even read Charles Power's, uh, you know, comp. Yeah, he does a comp piece, too, uh, the day of a big commitment that's always really good, and, and he's, he's one of the very, very best in the business. So I was happy with myself that, 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 that the Calvin Ridley thing is what left out to me real similar kid you know and sometimes when I do these comps people sometimes when I do I'm, I, I try to say hey this kid's not not as good as this guy but he's sort of similar in terms of how he's built and how he runs uh with Calvin Ridley I mean I, I think there's a, some spooky comps here I, I think Jamie French can be that level of player which is saying a ton and then I mean Calvin was a first round pick and he's been a really good NFL player uh French can be that good uh, I think his on three industry ranking right now is 13th in the nation. Uh, if that held, if that holds, he, he's probably a five star plus, meaning he's a five star on all four major networks. That that's a very rare thing. Why is he this good? Uh, so he's got several tools, right? Uh, first of all, he's just about six one, so he's not he's not small. He's light, but you know he's fast. Uh, he will remind people of Devontae Smith that way. I think he's built a little like Devontae at the same age, uh, just kind of a wiry build to him. Fast, super quick, really good hands. Uh, my favorite play on his huddle tape 
uh, is him adjusting to a poorly thrown ball. And he blew me away with that catch in terms of how he made the adjustment, how quick he made it, and how easily he caught the ball. Uh, he's a, a very natural wide receiver. He's a kind of inner city Jacksonville plays with a swag to him that's really fun. Uh, he, he'll, he'll throw the touchdown dance on you, by the way. When he catches the touchdown, which he expects to do, uh, he, he's got the dance ready to go. I mean, this is a confident kid. He's a next level kid. Just watch him for two seconds. And it's like, well, that's a college football player. Uh, just a natural receiver. Uh, I think there's things he can work on the route running. He separates well. I think he'll separate even better as he gets older. Got to remember the tape we're going off of today that I'm like, hey, watching this tape and breaking it down. That's 10th grade tape. By the way, playing against big Jacksonville area inner city schools, and he's a 10th grader. So take that into account, you know, when you watch the tape. But, you know, is he Ryan Williams? I, I don't know. Ryan's one of the better high school wide receivers I've ever seen in my life. I think Jamie French is up there. And, and, and as a duo, it's it's hard to believe. So that 2025 skill class now that has two super elite five-star receivers and Ryan Williams and Jamie French to go along with a, a quality running back like Turbo Rogers who can really run, and, and, and his best trait is, I think, his speed and quickness and quick trick, quick twitch like the other. And, uh, man, French is, uh, by the way, it is it is pronounced Jamie French. I'm surprised a lot of people had that question. I thought it was, to me, it's kind of one of those obvious things, and I'm the guy that butchers names a lot, but uh, I thought that was obviously French. He just spells it a little different with the two S, but hey, if he's a great player, I might start spelling my last name with two S's. Oh, and in recognition of the great commitment, Luke, Luke, Dang Luke, it. Luke, Luke, Luke just first, it about right. the first commitment or me. That, that's a heck of an honor, really, for the kid. It is. I was good. You know what I said? I went Stein. That's that was my joke. But now uh, I want to throw this out there. First of all, uh, do, do you think that French and Williams being a part of this class will affect uh, Perry Thompson at all? No. Okay. That's all I want. We don't have to go into that. We got a while before Perry Thompson gives his final, final, final commitment. Um, but I also want to say this one other thing. I was at uh, Lifetime Fitness again today, and another loyal listener, or at least he said he was a loyal listener, and his name's Levi. And if, if he's not a loyal listener and he doesn't hear this, and shame on him, he's a liar. But um, he said he listens all the time, and and we talked for a while about it. And by the way, if, you, if any of you out there ever watch this and you ever see me out and about wherever, and I'm a lot of places, uh, then, yeah, please stop and just say, because it, it is uh, – makes us very happy to see that i like it when people stop me in lifetime and talk to me and tell me they watch podcasts you know what jimmy likes jimmy likes it when you break into his home early in the morning when he's asleep and then you hover over him him and his sleeping wife and you just whisper in his ear i love locked on bama and then you run and then just run that's that's what jimmy loves yep three four five days a week this happened <laughs> uh all right let me tell everybody about it Show is very popular, obviously. Let me talk about uh, eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit. 
just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part is the part you need and it fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and not my literal garage. This is a tab at the eBay Motors site and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. Just like Jamie French has a lot of confidence. You want a lot of confidence in the company you get your motor parts from. That's going to be eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Jimmy, on the next Locked on Bama, I'm pretty sure, I mean, if we ever stop getting commitments, we're going to get back into your countdown like serious because the fall practice is going to beat our countdown, which is relatively unheard of. But that's going to happen if we don't quit getting commitments. So, hey, Saban, slow down, bro. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so now, Jimmy, let's talk a little bit about the SEC media picks. You and I are both a little shocked, I think, because the SEC media did pick LSU to win the West. Oh, excuse me. We said they'd pick LSU to win the West. They picked Alabama to win the West. And it was close, but they still picked Alabama to win. They obviously picked Georgia to uh, win the East and win the SEC, which, I mean, that's what I would do too, frankly. So I can't really fault them for that. They picked Auburn sixth, which I thought was kind of interesting. That seems a little low, um, but I get it. I mean, look, I think once you get past Alabama and LSU, it is a jumbled mess. And if you wanted to pick Mississippi State, even though we have agreed that Zach Arnett is the equivalent to the Invisible Man, if you want to pick them third because they have Will Rogers, I, I kind of get it. Uh, and they don't play Georgia from the East. So, I mean, things could be worse. Um, but I think it's a jumbled mess after that. And, and overall, your prediction, I mean, your uh, perception of the SEC predictions is what I should say. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we, we really thought, I, I really believed that the media was going to pick LSU to win the West. Uh, it was close. Uh, what was not too close was the first place picks. But it, when you look at the point system and added up, it was close. That tells me that some people that weren't picking Alabama to finish first actually picked Alabama to finish lower than second, I think, to make the math work. Uh, and, hey, I, I think I invite the disrespect. I mean, I, I think it's a good message to send to the players uh, and the coaches about, hey, you know, it's a little bit different feeling now. Uh, I'm not saying Alabama's an underdog. That's ridiculous. Alabama's going to start the year ranked probably third, fourth, fifth in the country or, or maybe better. Uh, and, and I don't mean that Alabama is an underdog literally uh, in any games that they play. But, you know, it's different than previous years when I think Alabama's been picked to win the SEC something like six or seven years in a row. And, you know, obviously it, it's really tough to fight the complacency when, when, when that's the case. But uh, I'm not too surprised uh, that Alabama was one, but I did expect LSU to be number one. Uh, you know, in terms of how the rest of it played out, uh, it went about like I would I would have guessed. Uh, not not too many big surprises there. I know myself. If I learned a few things from media days in terms of who I'm higher on than I was going in, I would say it's Kentucky, but not Kentucky in the they're going to challenge Georgia to win the East. I think if anybody challenges Georgia to win the East, it'll be Tennessee. But I do think Kentucky could could be a nine to ten win team maybe 
And I think kind of going into media days, I was more like six or seven wins, but uh, I'm just a little higher on their, their whole lineup now. Uh, but I know that's just kind of nitpicking. And, and as far as winning the divisions, I, I, I think Alabama is going to win the West. I do and play Georgia uh, for the SEC championship. But I think as opposed to some other years, I'm not going to pick Alabama to make the playoff. I'll say it right here. I, I'm not going to pick Alabama to make the playoff, and I'm not going to pick Alabama to win the SEC. Uh, now, the main reason I'm doing that is not because I think the program has slipped or, or A, it's never going to be the same again. I'm picking it that way because I'm a little bit more show-me as it relates to the quarterback spot. Uh, I have a lot of confidence. I do have some confidence in Simpson and Milrow and Buckner. But I sort of want to see it before I'm going to start telling people that Alabama is one of the best four teams and Alabama is going to beat Georgia. I, I want to see the Alabama quarterback play well before I start believing that that's very possible. Uh, I, I just I just think the questions about quarterbacks what's going to keep me from putting Alabama in my playoff predictions. I can certainly buy that. Um, you know, I'm I'm probably when we get to our predictions later on, um, I'm probably going to have Alabama in there, but I don't feel great about it. I, I mean, I, I I don't see how this team is going to go undefeated until the SEC title game. That's what worries me. I mean, if Alabama goes undefeated until the SEC title game, I don't care what happens in the title game; they're in. Okay, but that's that's what bothers me. But going back to these SEC predictions, um, you know, one thing that gives me scares me and gives me hope um what what scares me is you're right I'm looking here and like Alabama doesn't have um a, a quarterback on the top three teams that's that's kind of weird considering our run of quarterbacks that's a little scary but what gives me some hope is I'll look at these teams the, the SEC doesn't feel loaded again I mean the second team running backs are Kendall Milton and Jace McClellan now look I like Jace McClellan a lot. I like Kendall Milton a lot. I, I, the, it feels weird that they're the second team all SEC running backs. I mean, that that just didn't feel right. I don't know that they seem like right. those types of guys. Now, they may end up being that way. but uh, I, And maybe it's me thinking Alabama's going more of a platoon system and same way with Georgia. And what they're saying is we – you know, I would even put Jarquez Hunter, frankly, above either of those two – if I knew what Jarquez Hunter's future was at Auburn, they got Trevor yeah. Etienne at Florida as a third teamer. Um, I, I don't know about that. Really, I, that doesn't get nearly enough ink to me. And I say that here I am, the living example of what I'm talking about because I'm brain farting on his name. And I'm talking about the disrespect this guy's getting and I'm brain farting on his name, which is just the perfect example of what I'm talking about. And that's, does everybody realize that Vanderbilt produced a thousand yard rusher that has not only returned to the SEC, the only other two that did it that returned are Rocket Sanders and, uh, and Quinshawn Judkins. A third guy did it. He did it at Vanderbilt, but has transferred to Kentucky. So he rushed for a thousand yards last year. Now he's playing for a better team. So. And he gets I, to play against Vanderbilt one time. Yeah, that's right. Now we can play against Vandy, and you know that's going to pad numbers. Uh, 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 we'll look it up. We'll tell you his name next time. But, boy, what a great example of – man, I, I don't know. Uh, his, his, he's got a name. I don't remember. <laughs> he's. I mean, you know when he was listening to this podcast, he was like, yeah, finally somebody's going to give me the respect I deserve. 
Oh, I'm he doesn't remember here. my name. Yeah. I'm literally coming here going, this guy does not get the respect he deserves. You, you know, oh, what's his name? Oh, oh, who's a what's it? Um, okay, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, Demarcus Riddick has set a date and a time for his commitment. And we're back. You know, one thing that still gets me all the time is uh, we I do this. We're going to take a break and then and we're back thing. And like, there's no way that the YouTube ad lines up with what I'm saying here. So, so when you're watching this on YouTube, people are like, that guy's such an idiot. And I probably there probably yeah. is a way for me to make it happen where it syncs up. But I can't do it. So I'm going to quit worrying about it. Um, first of all, before we get into Demarcus Riddick and his time and date um, and where you think he's leaning, um, I did want to say this about William Sanders. We didn't say it before. We've talked about William Sanders a lot from Brookwood School, big offensive lineman, what, 6'3", 295, I think, somewhere in there. Um, yeah, big offensive lineman shooting up the charts. I know on three has him very highly rated now, at least in the top 125. I think everybody will have him in the top 150 by the time everything's said and done. Um, one thing that I liked, uh, there was one coach or, or somebody – made the comment, his hands are like sledgehammers. Okay, I dig that for an offensive lineman. That's what I dig. Mm-hmm. Strong hands. Strong hands are are huge uh, in the trenches. And Will, Will is a – he's a high-level athlete. That, that's what I like about him best. There's a couple things, but he's a really good athlete. I think most linemen, to be honest, that are as athletic as Will, they play on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, he he's, he's as – good of an athlete as you see play the offensive line in the SEC in my opinion uh he's really good in the run game because he is so athletic he get out he gets out in front he blocks that second level so well because he's got the footwork to do it uh as he gets bigger and stronger I think he could, he could possibly be a real good pro what he's got to work on is pass protection uh just just learn he him playing an offense where they throw it a ton so he's gonna have to work on that part of the game but I think he's a kid who could play early, and by early, I mean a real contender to start in year two. Uh, and, and I'm real excited about about William Sanders. Uh, I, I, he's ranked properly by on three, and, and everyone else is going to catch up uh, on him. People have to remember, even though we're now near ending July, there's a whole senior season. All these guys that watch tape and rank the kids they haven't watched all the tape it's just impossible I use this as you know I watch a ton of tape on my own time of kids in the Mobile area I like being really knowledgeable about kids down there uh people expected of me I share information with people uh it helps me personally and and all of my my you know at BOL and, and and we recruit that everybody I do it for any number of reasons it takes up a ton of time a ton of time and I'm only watching Region 1 in Alabama. I can't imagine what it's like to have the whole, to be, uh, to be, to be required to know all the tape in the whole country. It, it's, it's, a, it's really time consuming to do Region 1 in Alabama. I think there's eight regions. It's, it's practically impossible, but that's, that's why coaches get paid the big bucks. Um, now, I do want to talk about DeMarcus Riddick. He will be making his official final, not screwing around commitment next Wednesday at 4 o'clock Central Time. Um, Jimmy, I, I just don't know. The tea leaves, all I can read is that it's not going to be Georgia. That's all I get out of this. Now, there was an interesting quote that he said, um, and right. I know it was on a, 
an article by Jason Houston, or not Jason Houston. That was an old buddy of ours. Um, Jason Caldwell uh, from, from inside the Auburn Tigers. And it was something to the effect of, well, I'm going to find the quote exactly. Um, he says, I'm going to work my hardest to see what Alabama and Georgia are talking about. If they're not really talking for real, I'm coming home. Okay. I could read that a million different ways. And when I I guess the first thing that pops in my head is does talking for real mean being completely open and honest or does talking for real mean best NIL deal? I I don't know. Um, And I, I mean, probably only DeMarcus Riddick knows what he means. Um, But all I really believe for sure is it's not going to be Georgia. And then I I just don't know after that. Yeah, I wouldn't spend a lot of time parsing that. that. I mean, first of all, he is talking to an Auburn reporter uh, and knows the audience. Uh, But I I don't – it's going to be pretty rare for me that I see a quote from a prospect and then then spend a couple of days worrying or being excited about a particular quote. They do a lot of interviews – I think we as fans pick apart their words more carefully than they'd say them. So I, I don't know if that's a clue or not. It could be, um, you know, BOL, we've really covered Riddick's recruitment really well. We were among the first to uh, to be optimistic that DeMarcus Riddick's uh, commitment to Georgia wasn't going to stick, that, hey, this guy is going to flip. We've been pretty consistent on that, BOL, for, for a long time, and, and we're among the first. Now, in terms of whether he's going to flip to Alabama or flip to Auburn, there's some legit drama here. And isn't that what – I mean, recruiting's supposed to be fun and dramatic, right? I mean, hey, if you're into this for the drama, this is your kid. I don't know that anybody's sure what he's going to do. If BOL were predicting Alabama for now, that could change later in the week. Tune in. I think late this week you're going to get – later this week before he commits a prediction from Andrew Bone and Tim Watts. Uh, and, and, and check it out. I'm curious myself and talk to those guys every day. Um, you know, I, I, in terms of what's going to be the last minute prediction for now, it's sticking to what we've said for a while that it's going to be Alabama, but Hey, this is one where we're just telling you guys, this is legitimate drama. And again, one of the things that gets me about it is whether you're an Auburn fan or an Alabama fan or Georgia fan, the, the, the poster or the member somewhere that will tell you, Exactly. That that here, here's what this kid's going to do, and I know it. How can you know it if the kid doesn't know? And, and I think this might be one of those situations where we're just four days out. I, I don't know that the kid knows. You know, I think he could be a lean. I think there can be an educated guess, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I, I, and by the way, one more thing to throw in. This is hugely important. It's probably not over. It's probably not over. I mean, th- this is one that there will be a commitment and probably a door not shut uh, in, until signing day. So stay tuned. Regard if, it's, hey, if he picks Alabama Wednesday, better hold on to him. you got five more months to hold on. If he picks Auburn on Wednesday, Alabama's got five months to change his mind, and they might. So we'll see. This is just one of those. I would even call it old school, Luke. You know, when we were coming up and loved, starting to love recruiting ourselves, there were some dramatic battles in the late 80s and the 90s, you know, Alabama versus Auburn, basically fighting over every top 15 kid in the state. Uh, this sort of reminds me of that. This is a bit of a throwback, uh, but now with NIL thrown in, which is not a throwback thing at all. 
Uh, uh, kind of a throwback, throwback, throwback about the money changing hands, not a throwback about it being legal. Um, I want to, for those who don't like Luke's story time, I do want to tell you one quick story. Um, so a friend of mine who's much older, he's a friend of mine though, but, uh, he passed away this week and, um, it, I didn't find out till today he passed away Thursday, but he, uh, there's a, my, one of my favorite stories about him. And there was another one that's even better, but I can't tell it here. Um, he was, his friends used to always mock him that is, you know, his wife wouldn't let him play golf or, you know, if she said, Hey, you can't play golf day, he couldn't play golf day. And everybody was like, Oh, you're just so whipped and you're so whatever. And one day his friends go to pick him up to play golf and they pull up in his driveway, you know, honk the horn. He comes out with his clubs and he slams the door and he turns around and he yells up at the window. And he's like, and I don't care. I'm playing golf today, and there ain't a dang thing you can do about it, and I want you to try to stop me. I wish you would come down here and try to stop me. You ain't got a chance. And he turns around, and he starts walking towards the car, and about that time, her car pulls in. She wasn't yeah. even in the house. <laughs> so he, his plan backfired a little bit. But uh, anyway, I just always thought that was kind of funny. So um, anywho, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back tomorrow where we will be discussing Jimmy's uh, countdown. We will probably probably do three countdown guys in a row, I'm thinking, at this point. So, Sweet. yeah, looking forward to it. So, and we're in the, like, we're in the good numbers, too, now. I mean, you know, the countdown is the countdown. It's always good. But we're in the good numbers now. So, this is, everything's going to be primo. So, until then, roll tide, everybody. Roll tide.